What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Way Podcast. This week, um, I was by myself again as Mr. Scout is a busy man and had some things to attend to, but I was lucky enough to catch up with uh, two people who I learned a lot from, uh, from the choir program here at Washington High School, Mr. Jeff Spencer um, and senior Molly Adams. I was very thankful uh, for them taking the time to come on and share some insights into what the choir program looks like here at Washington as well as the activities that they've navigated um, and been able to do here at Washington through this time of COVID. Um, we talked about the, uh, the show choir and jazz choir in depth and what those programs look like, as well as the annual choir qu concert trip um, that was canceled last year due to COVID, but they're planning on taking here shortly. Um, we wrapped it up by talking about best of show um, and drafting our top five national anthem singers and performances. We hope you enjoy this episode of The Warrior Way um, and enjoy this time with Jeff and Molly. All right, let's welcome in our guests for this week. I'm joined by two special warriors that are here with me taking time out of their day to come on the podcast. I'm uh, joined by the Director of Choral Activities here at Washington, Mr. Jeff Spencer. Um, and I am here with uh, a senior at Washington that I'm just getting to know, um, Molly Adams. Um, and we're thankful for these guys to come on. Thank you so much for taking the time, you two. Thanks for having us. So uh, what I want to do and what we always kind of take the time to do to start off is get to know our guests a little bit. So, um, um, Mr. Spencer, I'm going to start off with you. I know you a little bit, but we can always get to know each other more. Um, how long have you been at Washington? Um, and I just want you to talk about your program just a little bit to get us started. All right. Yeah, this is my sixth year here at Washington, and uh, we have nine different choirs here at Washington. So uh, we get a busy program. I direct uh, the Varsity Show Choir, Vocal Jazz One. Uh, men's choir, concert choir, and then I team teach with Mr. Jacobson, Warrior Chorus, Freshman Choir, and he's got a Soprano Alto Choir, the JV Show Choir, and Vocal Jazz too. So you keep busy? Yeah, we do. What, um, how do you and your coworkers divvy up that responsibility and what does it look like on a daily basis? Kind of take us through a quick day in the life of your, you know, operating the program, interacting with kids, organizing all the things you have going on. How much of a stressful time but joyful time is it for you? Uh, it's a great time. Um, I think I have the best job in the building because I get to make music all day and I get paid for it. Um, True. And I got some of the best kids in the building in my room all day. Um, Mr. Jacobs and I are, are a real good team. Um, if I'm directing a song, he's usually at the piano and then we switch when he's, when he's running a song. Um, when it comes to the show choir, we've got a whole bunch of other things that are involved. We have uh, LED video boards that we hang behind the choir that act like a backdrop and kind of set the stage for the different songs and the feels that we want to uh, project with the music that we're using. Uh, we also have a 10 to 20 piece band that accompanies us. Uh, Mr. Jacobs has been awesome about directing the band um, so I can be more worried about the singing, the vocals, and, and we also costume the show choir. So we have, we, have a, we have a gal in Mississippi that custom makes our costumes uh, to the size of our choir. And if we don't like something and say, hey, I want to see something a little bit different. She will, she will design different things for us so it's unique and one of a kind for our groups. That's awesome. And Molly, I want to get to you, uh, get to know you a little bit more. You're a senior um, and talk a little bit about your experience in Mr. Spencer's program as well as what plans you have moving forward. 
Yeah, um, being in choir, it's like takes up the majority of my day. I peer tutor fourth period, and then I've got jazz and show choir fifth period, and then concert choir sixth period. So I spend the majority of my afternoon in the choir room, which I'm not even mad about because it's so fun overall. And for my future plans, I'm going to be a um, music educator major, and I'm going to go to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. And I'm super excited to do that because I have some friends from Washington that are going with me, so I have a lot to look forward to. And Mr. Spencer, I, I, I told Molly that um, she could embellish her accomplishments a little bit, but I'm going to have you do it because you said you'd be willing. What do we need to know about getting accepted into a program like Molly's accepted to at uh, UNL? Yeah, the University of Nebraska, it's much easier to get into the college itself than it is to get into the School of Music. They typically turn away two-thirds of their uh, applicants every year. So it's a really big honor to have three of our Warriors been accepted into that program. Um, and they also have, I think, the most rounded choral program in the area. They have a jazz choir, show choir, men's choir, women's choir, and concert choirs all available. So somebody like Molly that's going to study music education will have the opportunity to be in all of those different choirs that she might be able to direct when she gets into the field. So a uh, really awesome thing to be able to go in there. And I think our kids are excited about the opportunity to continue in show choir at college too with the Big Red Singers. And Molly or Mr. Spencer, either one of you can answer this. So I did band and chorus in high school as well at a small school. So on a much, you know, scale that was, you know, if you didn't go out for band, you didn't have a band type of thing. If you didn't go out for chorus, you maybe didn't have a chorus. Um, so I want to hear your experience as in how you've got to the point where you're at, where you're going to UNL on a scholarship for, um, like Mr. Spencer, Mr. Spencer said, a really unique opportunity. Have you always just been really talented in the area of fine arts, or is it something that you've had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, a, a drive toward, and then just really it took off here, you know, junior high, high school? Um, yeah, I didn't want to do anything with choir um, in middle school. I was very like anti music because I just thought it was kind of dumb. But in sixth grade, my mom signed me up for it, and she was like do one year of it and if you don't like it you don't have to do it but then I was like okay whatever and then I did it and I was like wait this is kind of fun so that I kept doing it throughout middle school and then I had like my own group of friends along with middle school show choir which then introduced me to like high school show choir and it was just like really fascinating to see like a bunch of people like do show choir because it's not something that you would normally see and then going into high school like freshman choir it's just like a little like get to know you like get ready for the like upper uh, upper choirs and then when you go into warrior chorus it's kind of like okay like this is kind of cool and then you start to like get into um, the feel of like what actual choir is like and then everyone looks forward to concert choir because we have a concert choir trip that you go to so unfortunately I didn't get to go on one because of COVID but I know that um, people get to go on one next year which is so cool so I'm so jealous of everyone that does get to go on one but like the whole like atmosphere of choir is just like super fun to be around and always like getting into the choir feel is always just so cool because you get to make music with people that you love and it's just like being in the same room of people who like share the same passion as you it's just really nice to be around so you said back in middle school when your mom told you just give it a shot essentially mm -hmm. what was it was it the the content the, the the music itself that kind of intrigued you or what was it that just kind of clicked that you're like i like this 
Um, it was definitely like the teachers. I had Mrs. Spencer and Mrs. Statham, and they just made it fun. Cause like, I was like, oh, I don't want to sing like choir pieces. That's weird. But like the way that they introduced it, they made it just so fun and so likable where you got excited to go to choir because like we'd like play little choir games or watch little videos. And they just did such a good job at like showing that like choir is fun in a way that it, like other people are like, oh no, that's weird. But the way that they taught it, it was like, oh wait, this is kind of cool. And then when you like get to learn about harmonies and stuff, you get to like hear and experience like the different chords and like progressions that all come together. And you're like, wait, this is really cool. And then it just kind of like started my interest in like actual music. Yeah. And Mr. Spencer, I'm going to ask you a question that just popped into my head, even though it's not really on our plan to talk about. What are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about, like Molly just said, oh, I'm going to be in choir, I have to sing choral pieces, it's boring, right? What are some of the biggest misconceptions you see with anybody when they think of choir activities or being in a choir a choral program? I think uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is that uh, it'll be a conflict with sports and we work really hard to make sure that that's not a problem. Um, and, and like Molly said, I think if, if you haven't been really exposed to choral music, you may have some preconceived notions that aren't as accurate. We try to program things that everybody will be interested and excited about performing and I think uh, when kids come in the door, they stay because they like what we're doing. Um, and, and I think there's also a little bit of, I don't know if I can do that. I think music is one of those things in singing that everybody really likes to do, but not everybody's comfortable with their own voice. And one of the cool things that I get to do is help people become more confident and comfortable with their voice so that they feel more comfortable sharing that gift of music. And I think that one thing that makes Washington special is we always preach and want multi-sport athletes, but even more than that, like you just said, we want people in multiple events, um, multiple activities. And I know we have a track athlete, athlete right now, and I can't think of who it is, but um, they're trying to navigate track practice with coming to choir activities, you know, and some of the things they have going on. And like we said, coaches and, and activity directors are always willing to accommodate. If you want to be in multiple things, that's great. We encourage that here. So that's a really special thing we have going on here. What are a couple of your guys' favorite things in general about Washington? Um, a few of my favorite things about Washington is I like the fundraisers that the student council does, like the brownie Sundays during lunch. Those are always a hit. And like it always gets people excited because like even though like you're paying money to like get a snack and stuff, like it's still going to like the student council, which is fun. So we can they can do like lock ins or whatever. And I also like all of the spirit that we have with like the homecoming weeks and stuff, because I know a few there's like always like a few people that are like, oh, no, I don't want to dress up. That's dumb. But I always like to like be a little extra and like kind of do some little fun or like fancy stuff just because it's kind of fun to just, you know, go out of your way when like you're not really allowed to like hat day like I'll always wear a hat to school even though we're not allowed to and I just think it's so much fun to like have the ability to express yourself at Washington. You get to kind of break the law a little bit <laughs> wear, wear <laughs> yeah. a hat. Mm -hmm. Mr. Spencer how about you? I really like the tradition of Washington High School. Um, there's there's not a whole lot of places that have the length of history that we do having come from the old Sioux Falls High School. Um, one of the one of the more interesting things that I had happen in my first few years here is there's a choir from the 1960s that were having their reunion for their class reunion and they wanted to have a reunion choir and so they came and borrowed music and I got to visit with some of the some of the choir members from that class and they were just excited uh, uh, to share um, their experiences at the old Sioux Falls High School and, and to see what it's like at Washington now 
borrowed some music from us and then talked about uh, the differences in the program. So it's cool to have that legacy um, that we have that not everybody in town has. And on the same note of what you love about it, what do you guys think sets us apart from other schools or other things you may hear from friends at other places? What do you think makes WHS special and sets it apart? Um, one thing for us is our football team. In the past, we had a three-peat, which is insane. And I think we're going to be really successful in the future with our football teams as well. And then we are one of two show choirs for schools in Sioux Falls because Lincoln doesn't have one, but Lincoln has band, which is phenomenal for them because mm -hmm. I have some friends in their band. But like being one of two schools that actually has like a show choir is pretty cool because when you think show choir, you're like, oh, Roosevelt or Washington. And you're like, okay. And then you get to like look at the pros and cons of both and like try to weigh out which one you would want to go to. And it's cool to think that like, although like all schools have a music program, like each one has like their own little special aspects of it. For sure. Um, we always talk about the circle of courage um, at Washington and I want to get to it because it's on my mind and I want to talk about mastery with you guys because I think of choir, I think of performing, um, and I think of mastery. How many hours or what kind of processes does it take to complete and produce a successful performance or competition or whatever? Um, how much does mastery factor into what you guys try to do on a daily basis? It is a huge factor for us, especially in our competitive groups. Um, with show choir, we, t we start our year in August. Um, we have a, a week-long choreography camp with our choreographer, uh, as well as a day with just learning vocals. And then we spend uh, one night a week from six to nine in our 25-minute class period all the way through December, perfecting that show before we put it on stage in public. Um, so it takes quite a bit of time to get everything together with costuming, band, music, the singing, the choreography, um, and everything that we do. There's a lot of elements and, and a lot of work goes into mastering that. With our vocal jazz groups, they compete as well. Um, we have our 25 minute uh, period during the day and then Friday mornings we rehearse before school with that as well. Um, a little higher level music, um, just singing and and uh, using microphones. Um, we usually have a trap set, piano and bass guitar accompaniment with that as well. And, and some improvisation where they have to just make up the music on the fly based on the chord structure. So um, we have to spend a lot of time to get that to where it needs to be for competition. And Molly, um, another piece is belonging. And kind of when we go back to misconceptions, I know one misconception that I've heard, and also, you know, I think if you're at Washington, you hear it, the C-Wing is kind of their own little wing. Like, yeah. when you go to the C-Wing, you're going there for, and that's a misconception, right? How do you feel like you found family and belonging through the choral programs you've been a part of here at Washington, or any other programs for that matter? How do you belong here at Washington? Yeah, so like, the choir room is a huge, like, family, because, um, like, we like to uh, have the ability to go up to Mr. Spencer and to just, like, tell him whatever like is on our minds and he will definitely listen which is so nice like the amount of times like I've gone to him like crying like I could not stop like counting <laughs> but like it's okay though because like they're there to listen and they're there to help they don't just want to teach music they want to like be a part of your life mm -hmm. and then along with the students they're all like there for the same thing like they're all they don't they want to perform or they want to like find out more about music and you already know that you can go to them no matter what 
and to just talk to them or just to like hang out with them and like the c-wing it's not just like the art swing it's more like a family-based thing because like even though i'm in the just choir not band or orchestra like we still like see all the other band and orchestra kids and like you'll always like smile at them or just be like hey what's up and like it's nothing weird it's just always like such a tight family base and that's the i actually went down um i've on staff down in the c-wing a few times and the first time i went down there i don't remember i was in some kind of ensemble room and i didn't really know all i got was you need to on staff in this room at this time and that's all i got so i went down there and I wasn't ready for what I was getting into because I walk in and there's like four or five girls and they're just singing their hearts out. And I'm in this, you know, it's about this size room that we're in right now. And they're on the piano and they're just going, going to town loving life. And I'm like, where am I right now? What is this? And it was really cool to learn. I think it was one of my first years of teaching. Like you said, it's just, it's like a family type atmosphere down in the C-Wing. But at the same time, we want to make it feel like a family type atmosphere that's ingrained in the whole building too. So um, I think it's really important that we get people involved in those choral or, or in the activities down in C-Wing and experience what it's all about too. So let's talk a little bit about your show choir season. Um, I just want you to tell me in a nutshell and the listeners how it went and what it's been like navigating through a season that's much different um, this season with COVID. Yeah, so I am in both show choirs. I'm in Stage Lights, with, which is our all-women's group, and Classic Connection, which is our varsity group. And our season was very successful this year. We were in top three for all of our competitions and our um, women's group stage lights, we actually made finals at almost every competition, which meant that me and the other girls who did both groups would perform like four times that day. And performing is a lot, like it takes more than you would think out of you because you're like doing high energy dancing and the proper singing in like a short span of 20 minutes and there's so much like factors that you have to like put into it mm-hmm. that after one performance and even though it's only 20 minutes you're like dead like you're sweating and you're like oh my god i need water like it feels it's an actual sport so at a competition do you perform once or do you perform multiple times for judges we would normally perform twice you would have like a prelims and then a finals but because of covid this year we would only like get to the school perform and then leave in a typical year there's anywhere between 15 to 20 groups at an event. Um, so it's if, if you're thinking in sports terms, it's more like a tournament. And the top six scoring groups are invited to perform again in final competition for final standings. Um, and that can bring together groups from different categories like the unisex groups or uh, even like junior varsity level groups if they've scored higher than varsity groups. Um, and essentially that's what our women's group did was score higher than varsity groups and place in the top six at four of the five competitions that we went to. So Molly, in this season when you only have one perform one performance in a competition and you're scored, and we actually had a similar instance with um, um, Emily Van Ruler and Abby Heisinger when they came on for cheerleading because it's you show up at the, the state cheer, you get one performance and you get scored and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, did it just add that much more stress and pressure to get it right that one time or else you sent home? Oh yeah. like. What we normally do is we're like, okay, prelims, we're just going to like get a feel for it. And then whatever the judges say, like we'll get better for finals. Oh, but, so you get feedback yeah. in your first performance for your next one even. Yeah. Okay. But for this one, like this year, it's like there's no finals. So you have to like think of what they would say and be like, okay. So if at the last competition they said they wanted this, then let's do that the first time so that we can have a better chance at placing higher. 
And then it's so stressful too because everyone's like running around and it's just so chaotic and there's girls like wanting to like curl their hair and the makeup's not done and you're like, oh my gosh. And it's just so like high intensity and just so much energy, but it's also exciting at the same time because there's so much like energy that everyone has. And even though we load at like 6 a.m. in the morning, everyone's just so excited for like the whole day because you know you get there and it's just game time and you're just on the go for the whole day mm -hmm. and that's why afterward you're that much more depleted because you just put all all the eggs into one basket and you put it all out there and then you're just how much time typically are between competitions do you get weeks so like you said maybe you get some feedback from this competition this didn't go well i'll go work on it is it a few days is it a few weeks how many how much time usually between competitions um, it's like a week. We normally compete on like Saturdays. So like if we go to this one competition on Saturday, we get some feedback. We're like, okay, cool. Then we take that feedback and we're like, what can we do with it to be even better for next Saturday? And our competition months is normally like January through March. So we go from places like Nebraska to Iowa to just like schools all in the Midwest. And we just take criticism from previous comps and like um, do what we can to make our group even better to place higher. Cool. And same thing on jazz choir. How has the jazz choir season gone? Um, and what reflections do you have on that piece? Our jazz group is undefeated, which is totally insane because we went up against some really hard and like like really strong groups this season. But we were kind of scared. We were kind of like, oh, maybe like we won't do too well. But surprisingly, we did really well. You've done okay, it sounds like. Yeah, we got first at all of our competing jazz competitions, and it was a surprise for all of us because we were kind of like, oh my gosh, like we really did that. And jazz isn't really as stressful as show choir because for jazz, like it's more of a layback atmosphere. Like you're not dancing, you're just you're just standing with the microphone and you're just singing, and you can like move around while you sing too because you don't want to just like be still because mm -hmm. you're just kind of like swaying with the music or whatever. And then you get like critiqued on stage for jazz, for show choir you don't. But with jazz, like you get critiqued on stage and then you just kind of like listen to like what they think you could do better. And then you're like, okay, cool. And then you just take what you want with it and you can either accept it or you can just be like, no, that's dumb. We don't want to do that. That was going to be my next question. What is the difference between jazz choir and show choir? So jazz is more flamboyant and lots more action to it. And jazz is more just stationary back and forth with the music not a lot of all over the stage is that correct yeah show choir is more of like a dancing atmosphere where you're dancing and singing and it's not just like random dancing like you have a whole week in august we call it hell week where it's like from like nine to nine super intense hours very little water breaks and you're just totally going at it and who puts you through that um we have ben eklund Okay. Who's our choreographer? And then Mr. Spencer mm -hmm. as well. Mr. Spencer, can you describe Hell Week? It's not that bad for me. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's an intense thing because we learn the material that we're going to work on for the next four months um, in one week. Um, so they don't digest at all. It's almost like drinking from a fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to get enough of it that we can rep it and learn it and make it uh, get that mastery piece in by the time we get to December. Um, and we like to have all the material so that we can kind of choose what we're going to work on throughout the course of that fall and uh, get the kids as ready as we can to perform. 
I know in the, the hell weeks that I've heard about for, for programs, it's also a way to kind of weed out who you think is going to be committed and not committed. Is that a similar thing with your programs, or is it not so much that aspect of weeding people out? It, it is a bit. Um, typically, once people get to that point, they stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it takes a bit of commitment to get through that, and once you've made it through that week, then we're pretty solid with our group going forward. Pretty smooth sailing yeah. after that. So we do a lot of team building during that time too. So sure. That's when you kind of it was it was more difficult this year because everything was was different. Yeah. Um, we had to be six feet apart, and so a lot of the typical things we've been able to do with team building we had to put aside and just get to work. So. So for the person who's maybe listening that just wants to know more about what a choir program is like or how to get involved, what advice would you give them or what are the things, what are like the, the three main things you would like them to know, and, and you can chime in too, Molly, um, that a, a listener who's maybe very green to um, you know getting involved or making, making a commitment um, would want to know? There are, there's a place in the choir program from er, for every level of commitment and time that somebody wants to give. Um, we have two choirs for uh, freshmen and for any grade level warrior chorus you don't have to audition for. You'll never have to sing by yourself. We work on basic skills and teach you how to read music. Um, and if you decide you want to be more involved beyond that, we have a number of choirs you can audition for and be a part of and achieve more difficult things in music. So really there's a, there's a place for everybody. Um, and I really just encourage anybody who loves to sing, even if they're a little bit worried about their own ability level, to come and build that because everybody can get better. How would you say tell for for a freshman who's walking through the building for the first time, where do they need to go to find out how to get involved? The counselor's office can get them signed up for freshman choir. Um, that's the easiest way. You don't have to audition. You just sign up and show up, and we'll take it from there. Okay. What will what will the first day like first? experience in a freshman choir class be like? The beginning I usually listen to the singers in a group of two or three just to get a feel for how high and low they can sing to get them placed in the correct vocal part. Um, and then we start with from the very beginning on the board learning how to, to read the sheet of music and to decipher that it's really like learning a new language. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the, the time that we spend Learning how to read music is really what leads to the success we've had in show choir and jazz choir because the kids read really, really well in our program. And, and honestly, the colleges have always uh, communicated that they want Washington kids in their programs because they'll step in ready to contribute and be a leader day one. That's cool. And I guess a question that pops into my head, and you may not have an answer to this, I just think of a student who comes, who's maybe maybe has a little bit of interest, but has never done necessarily, you know, choir in the past. They may feel like, well, I have no business trying it now. What do you say to that student or that family who's like, I don't have any business trying it? Do they still want to get involved? Most definitely, that's the best time to get involved, right the way at the beginning, or even in your sophomore, junior, or senior year. Um, we have student this this year that's gonna uh, that's auditioned and, and made uh, our concert choir and that is gonna be the first time well she did one semester last year okay. but was able to retain enough of the sight reading that she was ready to go um, everybody starts at a different place with music um, I would say it's just always a good thing to foster that and and grow it from wherever you're at mm -hmm.
Let's talk about the uh, concert choir trip a little bit. That was something we wanted to talk about. Tell me about the concert choir trip and what that's like. Uh, we had a great one planned for last year that got canceled due to COVID. Um, we were going to see Hamilton in LA. It was the opening week of the show there. We had uh, tickets to an Angels game. We were going to audition for the anthem for that. Uh, we had two days at Disney World, Disneyland, excuse me. Um, we were going to have a clinic with the professor at USC and then tour the campus, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, just an outstanding trip. Is that a typical like trip that you would take, or that just seems like out outstanding? Yeah, yeah. With the one we have planned for next year, we're going to go to Orlando, and actually, our the band program is joining with us because their trip was also canceled last year, and they only go every four years, where we get to go too because it's just our juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go to Orlando. We have two days at Universal Studios. Um, we'll work with one of their sound engineers, and they'll record the choir and the band separately, and then use that as and put it as the background of one of their movies. Uh, called the Dolby Effect, um, so that'll be really cool. Um, we have a clinic at Stetson University, and then we'll see the NASA Space Center um, and have a day at Cocoa Beach. Uh, I think we're going to try to get into an Orlando Magic game and see if we can sing the anthem there. Um, we'll see a professional musical theater performance. They don't have the uh, productions listed yet, so we're kind of on hold with what we're going to see. Um, but we've got a lot of great things planned for that trip as well. You make me kind of want to tag along. That sounds awesome. And then you probably had to, for the, for the p- trip you had planned last year, the Hamilton um, m- movie or production of the play was all over the screens, and then that's probably just teasing you that you were going to get to go see it live, and then they came out with it. What was it on? Disney+. Plus. Disney+. It was Plus. a great thing to just be able to watch it yeah. since we missed on the opportunity to see it live. To get to see it on Disney Plus was a little bit of a, well, that's better than nothing, but yeah, not but the it, same. It was disappointing. Yeah, I have students um, from 12 years ago when I was at Roosevelt that when they see me, uh, they, that things that they talk about are the choir trips that we went on. Yep, that's really cool. Um, and then best of show, we want to talk about that too. For those that for those that don't know what best of show is, how would you describe it to them? Um, it's, it's a fantastic event that our parent boosters really spent a lot of time helping with. Um, we typically host uh, between 8 and 12 middle school show choirs, 10 to 20 high school show choirs, and 8 to 10 jazz choirs in two days. Um, so a lot of performances. Uh, we have judges that rate the performances and uh, give feedback to all the performers. And on an unusual year, we have food service for everybody in the building over those two days. Um, with uh, the COVID, um, a lot of a lot of groups just decided not to do it, but we said let's be creative and find a way to make a safe environment for a competition to still happen so kids get the opportunity to perform live. So we, we ran 22 groups in two days um, with time in between each group. We had a sanitizing team that went in and sanitized every chair, every armrest in between each performance. There was never more than one school in the building at a time. Um, and we pre-sold over 3,000 tickets. So we, one of the days was uh, everybody in choir labeling uh, the 6,000 potential tickets that we had with the group names so only that school's uh, community would be in the building at that time. So a lot of, uh, a lot of extra and we, we couldn't do the food service so um, it, it's a really big fundraiser for our program to make sure that we have the funds to, to, to produce the shows that we're used to producing. We were able to make a, a decent amount of money just on ticket sales, but not nearly what we usually would. 
do you look at planning something like that as stress, or do you enjoy doing something like that? Little, you have to enjoy it. A little of both. A little of both. It's a, it's it's a great thing. Uh, I I can't tell you how many parents stopped me and said thank you for giving the kids an opportunity to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, for I, I believe O'Gorman and Roosevelt, the only live competition they participated in this year was at Washington, where we got to go out four times. Um, so, you know, at the beginning of the year, I kind of said to the kids, what's important to you that we make happen? And they said, we want to get on a bus and we want to go compete. I said, well, then I'll do everything that I can to get there. And we got to do it four times. So that's cool. We count ourselves very fortunate. Yep, for sure. And the last thing I want to talk about before we get to our draft is you sent me a really unique instance um, of something that happened during a competition. Um, and I would like you guys, because you'll describe it much better than me, to describe what happened for all the listeners um, and kind of give a little bit of context to how the situation was um, navigated. And I'm not going to say anything more than that. I want you guys to describe it for the listeners. Well, we were competing in Emmitsburg, Iowa. Um, we we have LED video screens that, that are behind the choir and they pull a good deal of power. And we got about to the midpoint of our show and it blew all the circuits in the back of the gym that the competition was happening in. And at the time it went out, that killed all of our electronics. So our keyboards, our, uh, our guitars, everything was out, and our solo mics. Um, our piano player, Esther Ravenberg, jumped off of the electric piano, ran to another part of the stage, and got on the, the upright piano that was back there we weren't using, and tried to keep continuing the show. The kids just kept singing a cappella. Um, and then the judges said, let's stop this and start again. And so I walked out and said, let's start and get power, stop and get power again. And the kids just stood at attention for 10 minutes, waiting until we could restart the show on stage. Um, so there's a showchoir.com where um, people can predict who will win a competition and comment on things. And there was a, a, a spouse of one of the judges that uh, wrote in there that, uh, our Washington choir uh, displayed the greatest level of professionalism he'd seen and the never give up spirit by staying at attention and then coming back out and giving a terrific show after they'd already performed half of it once we had power restored. Um, and we did end up being grand champion at that uh, competition with best vocals and best choreography and the most outstanding soloist. So um, it was a really, really great day for our groups and also a little extra and that they were able to maintain composure when something crazy happens. We always kind of talk about owning our space on stage no matter what happens and going with it and giving their best and they really just did the best job of that. And that's just a compliment to the students and yeah. how they, Yeah. I mean it would have been easy to panic and, and show a lot of uh, you know frantic emotion in that instance. and. Is that something, like you just said, is that something you teach and coach up with the students and kids in those instances? Or, Molly, maybe you can give a little bit of insight into, too, how they prepped you for a situation like that if it comes about. Yeah, um, we kind of have just this, like, mindset that no matter what happens, you keep going. Like, my sophomore year show, we had a flip. Like, um, we had this guy, and he, like, did this trick, and he literally, like, throws this girl behind his head, and then there's four guys who, like, take their arms and, like, build, like, a little like a catcher and they just catch her and at one of our rehearsals um they didn't catch her Mm. but we still had to you know keep going so she fell and we we all just kind of like hesitated but then they're like no keep going and we're like yeah like you're right like if that happens at a competition you just have to keep going and so like she got up and she kept going and we 
after like that run of the show we like sat down we were like okay like that's never happened before but if it happens again here's what we're gonna do and we just kind of like always have that like if something bad happens you just like take a breath and keep going and when the power went out i've never jumped so high before <laughs> it scared me so badly because it like, came with a very loud noise <laughs> the sound it made like no one was ready for it and like you i saw like in the reflection because at the back of the gym there was like little windows where you could like see yourself kind of and like i saw the video boards and they were black and i was like okay power went out and like i wasn't really surprised because i figured it would happen at least once mm -hmm. and like all the kids around me jumped as well and it was kind of hard not to laugh because i was kind of like oh my gosh like of course the power went out mm -hmm. right but we just kept going because you know like, we didn't know if we were going to be able to, like, restart. So we were like, you know, we'll just finish the show and then we'll just see what the judges have to say. Mm -hmm. But we did end up getting stopped. And when we were stopped, we just we just stood there. And a few of the students were, like, kind of, like, whispering, um, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so crazy. But then there were also a few kids. It was, like, me and a few other seniors. And we were like, stop talking. Like, we're getting judged. Shut up. Just kind of, like, telling everyone to, like, just, like, stay calm. And, like, we were. But... Then again, the lights were so hot and we were all just sweating and out of breath and we were just getting like totally just beaten down on. And we were like, can we move? And then Spencer came up and we were like, can we go off stage? And he was like, yes. Yeah. So we went off to the side of the stage. We all sat down. We were like, dang, like we got to do it all over again, <laughs> which made it worse because we were already sweating and just out of breath. But just like the fact to like always just no matter what happens, you just got to keep going. You just got to like work with it like my freshman year I had to go from a riser to the floor and I missed the step and I like fell and I just kind of like and like some I looked up and someone like pulled me up and I just kind of laughed and I was like uh thanks and then I kept going mm -hmm. and it's not something like that would you make a big deal of but it definitely scares you in the spur of the moment mm -hmm. but yeah you always just have to be ready for literally anything yeah and that's a great life lesson. Just keep going, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to miss steps and you're going to have stuff happen that you're not expected, um, expecting, but just keep going. And hopefully you don't have to have somebody flipping onto the floor and potentially getting hurt to learn to just keep going, right? <laughs> right. Um, let's finish up with this before we get, I, I said before we get to our draft on the last question, but you made me think of something else. Just briefly describe what being in the choir program at Washington has meant for you and growing you into a person that's ready to take the next step down to UNL. Oh yeah, so my freshman year, like I was such a scaredy cat and like I had my sister with me, like she was in choir too, but like I was so scared to like sing in front of everyone and like I was terrified of Mr. Spencer, like I was just very quiet and I did not want to do anything. Was he intimidating? Oh yeah. <laughs> but here and you sit on a podcast with him senior year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never would have thought that would have happened. But, like, even the freshmen this year, like, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, like, I want to talk to Mr. Spencer, but I'm scared, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, just go talk to him. He's not scary. Like, he can seem scary, but he's literally not. Like, I don't, I don't know why I was scared of him. But definitely, like, freshman year, I auditioned for a solo for the ballad of our show choir. And I, like, my legs have never shaken so much. I was, like, on the verge of passing out. I was so scared. And I was like on the verge of tears, like it was just a mess. But I was like, you know, like I'm just gonna try it. So I went out for the solo and then, you know, didn't get it obviously, but I don't care. And then just the fact that like the next year I came back and I was like, okay, you know what? Like we're not gonna try out for a solo cause you know, solos aren't really my thing. But like 
the fact that I did it and like I stood up and I was like, you know what? I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to do it for me. And we're just going to like try to work on some confidence when singing in front of other people. And it's gotten to the point where when I auditioned for UNL, I, it took like an hour and a half to sing two songs because I still have that fear of like singing in front of other people. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Spencer has helped me like in so many ways with my confidence when I'm singing um, like alone or even with others where I can just like know like, hey, like I know what I'm doing. I just gotta like breathe in. I just gotta do it. Cause I know that like, I know the pitch. I know that what I'm doing is right. I just need to do it and not think of anyone else that's listening or watching. So like, even for best of show, I was the MC, and it was definitely scary to like go in front of all these people and be like, hey, you know, cause there's like a bunch of people in the, in the seats and it's very nerve wracking. But once you get out there, you're like, you know, it's okay. Like, it doesn't matter. And then you just kind of like talk to them like you're, like you've known them your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same with performing. Like you just kind of like go out there and just do your thing and it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. So my confidence when like learning how to like sing and perform in front of people, like it's so much better than what it used to be. So what I gained from that is a third aspect of our circle of courage is independence. You've learned how to be more independent with how you view yourself, but also understanding that I necessarily, I don't necessarily care what others think of me. I'm going to just do what I think needs to be done. Oh yeah, for sure. That's really cool. All right, let's get to our draft. So our draft today, uh, we are going to be choosing our top five national anthem singers or performances. Um, and I'll preface this by saying I had to really do some some diving in, and I'm just worried that you guys are going to take all of my choices, and I'm going to be left with uh, um, having to use my creativity. So how this works is our guests always go first. Molly, we're going to let you go first, um, and then we'll go to Mr. Spencer to myself. We'll snake it back. I'll get two choices. Um, we'll each end up with five. So we're getting our top five national anthem singers or performances. Molly, who are you taking number one? <laughs> okay, my first one is my queen, Fergie. <laughs> You're going oh, with no. Fergie. I am. Just because oh, no. the one of where she's at the basketball I game. <laughs> and she's just totally off pitch. Like everything just goes wrong. And at the end, she's just let's play some basketball no i was told during that before that it was she was trying to make it into a jazz <laughs> type of national anthem and she failed at that. <laughs> i know very little about jazz but that isn't jazz you know? <laughs> that was not jazz like that performance just makes me laugh every time it's one of my favorites we listened to it in choir the other week just because we just wanted to hear it and just laugh at it and it's always fun to just like watch like a celebrity kind of fail you know because they're celebrities like they wouldn't normally do it but just her performance and like how like off pitch she was it was just so funny that gives you a lot of confidence to go and do (laughs) do the national anthem knowing that fergie did that (laughs) all right mr spencer hopefully you're gonna choose something more upscale than fergie with number one yeah number one's gotta be whitney houston yep i agree with that 1991 super bowl you bet Okay, um, my first choice is um, I'm going to choose Carrie Underwood. Um, I'm a big Carrie Underwood fan from Super Bowl um, in 2010. Uh, she was, um, I saw some, some weird statistics on it that she held some notes for over six seconds, Super Bowl 44. So Carrie, Underwood, Carrie Underwood's my first choice. 
My second choice, I'm a big Luke Bryan fan. Um, even though maybe it wasn't the best performance of all time, um, I really thought it was cool that he got to sing it in Atlanta at Super Bowl 51 from 2017. Luke Bryan's my second choice. My number two is going to be Luther Vandross. Enlighten me. Who is Luther Vandross? He's an R&B singer. Okay. Um, I think it was 81, Super Bowl. Outstanding performance. Okay. Um, I liked Lady Gaga's at Super Bowl 50. Hers was really good. And, like, she just, like, the way she performs, she just, like, really puts herself out there. You know, like, she has, like, such an inspiration where she, like, she will wear a meat dress and not care. <laughs> She's definitely just the type of person that's, like, I do what I want and no one can stop me. And the fact that she sang the Super Bowl national anthem, like, she's really just, like, putting herself out there and not caring what anyone else thinks. And it's just, like, she's someone that a lot of people like to look up to. Mm-hmm. You get two. Oh, I get two. Right back to you. Um, I would also say Christina Aguilera, because mm-hmm. hers are always really good, too. Even though she does like to put in a bunch of runs and kind of like to little, like, divify her singing, like, it's still very good, and her tone is really good. Yep. All right, Mr. Spencer. The third pick's got to be Jennifer Hudson. She had a great one. I don't have the year on it, but uh, if you look up best billboard performances of the national anthem, yep. she's at number two. Yep. See, like when I Googled this, it was like I looked at seven or eight lists, and it was the same top, you know, it was like top ten, and then there'd be like eight or nine of the same ones, and she was on, yep. on every one of them. Okay, uh, my third pick is Jimi Hendrix from Woodstock in 1969. I didn't know about this before, and I'm glad that you helped me to learn, but looking it up, it has to be one of the top five performances of all time. Most definitely. So Jimi Hendrix is my third pick. My number fourth pick is... I'm going to go Beyonce at Super Bowl uh, at the Super Bowl in 2004. Um, at that point, she was kind of just blowing up with, like, Dangerously in Love and kind of breaking away from Destiny's Child and, and Beyonce in 04 was, uh, was a good one. Plus, I was a 14-year-old kid who kind of had a crush on her, too, so that made it better. <laughs> yeah. You took my Beyonce one. I was going to do Beyonce, Hopefully you've too. got a couple left. <laughs> my last two were Beyonce and Whitney Houston. <laughs> but it's okay because... They're both, like, really good in general, so I'll just pretend that you didn't say them. <laughs> okay. And you could always say yourself. I'm sure you're very good at the national anthem, so. <laughs> All right, Mr. Spencer, who you got? Kelly Clarkson. Hmm. Right at the beginning of her career, she had a really great one at the Super Bowl with the Giants. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to put myself in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have done it at, like, the basketball games once or twice. Like, we have, like a group of people inquire where like sometimes we will like have people sign up to sing the national anthem and then like you like all meet together and then like do like a little like test run of it and then you just go out there and then you sing it and you're like okay cool but you know it's kind of fun to do it I like the basketball and football games or whatever but I wouldn't put myself up there I just I like to let the celebrities get all their all of their (laughs) fame yep did you make choices you get, you get your fourth and fifth picks. My fourth and fifth, can I not use Beyonce? You can say, you can, you can't choose my Beyonce pick, but if you think she's that good, you can also have her on your list. I'll have her on my list. Okay. I'll do like a different performance because I'm sure she's done it like multiple times, mm-hmm. but I'll definitely put Beyonce on there. And I, I'm pretty sure Ariana Grande did one too. 
She did. I know Demi Lovato was a couple of years ago. Demi mm-hmm. Lovato was on the list. She was really good. Ariana Grande sure could have. I'm sure she sang the national anthem a time or two. Yeah. I would put Ariana on there. Okay. Her range is totally insane on her whistle notes and everything. She's so good. For my fifth pick, I take the Washington High School Concert Choir at any pep rally. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> That's a good way to round it out. Okay, my fifth pick, um, I'm going to go with Cher sang it in 1999 at the Super Bowl. Um, and the reason being because my, my mother was a big Cher fan, um, and at that time I really wasn't until I saw her perform, and her performance was outstanding. So I'm going with Cher. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our draft. Um, well, Jeff um, and Molly, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk a little bit more about the choir program here at Washington. Um, it's always amazing to hear and see the things that go on here, and it's just another example of the incredible talent that we have here. Um, so I'd just like to say thank you for sharing those talents here on the podcast and taking the time today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.